Hello and welcome to the Spectator's Americano podcast, a series of discussions about American politics in 2017. I'm Freddie Gray, Deputy Editor of The Spectator. Today we're going to be talking to John Rick MacArthur, who is publisher of Harper's Magazine, and we're going to be discussing the Democrats and the return of Hillary Clinton. So, Rick, in the aftermath of Trump's election, I think most people thought Clinton must be finished. I mean, she just lost an election to a man who had very, very high disapproval ratings, and her candidacy was a, obviously a disaster. And yet, it seems she's not, and the Clintons, you might even say, are still in charge of the Democrat Party. Is that a fair thing to say? Yes, because I also thought she was you know, the silver lining in the Trump nightmare was that the Clintons were finished politically at last, long last, they would be discredited uh, simply as political candidates and that she'd go away and mm. open open up the party to other fresh talent. And uh, I said this to a friend of mine who knows politics from the inside. His, father, his uncle was uh, uh, Senator Patrick Moynihan. And he says to me, who says the, the Clintons are finished? She won the popular vote. She's going around trumpeting that she won the popular vote. They still raise most of the money for the party. Uh, mm. she's, uh, she's not that much older than Trump, and she's probably in physically better shape. Uh, what makes you think they're finished? And what makes you think they won't continue to try to run the party from, uh, from, the, uh, from the wings, at least in the short term? Yeah. She gave a big speech on, on St. Patrick's Day last week, I think talking about sort of healing the nation, and she's supposed to give a lot, a lot more speech speeches. You don't think she'd actually be contemplating a run in, in four years' time, do you? I think she'd be contemplating a draft. This would be the, the, the people rising up, meaning the party bureaucrats rising up and begging her to run the way they begged her to run in uh, 2008 and save the party apparatus from people like Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren, who want to, who really do want to disrupt the Democratic Party apparatus. And the first test has already taken place uh, over the election of the Democratic National Committee uh, uh, Committee Chairman. Mm. Uh, there was a, a fight between uh, Keith Ellison, who was a black Muslim and the candidate of the Bernie Fander Sanders faction, mm. uh, running against Tom Perez who was the uh, labor secretary under Obama and very much from party central. Uh, and guess who won? Tom Perez. And yeah. he immediately anointed Ed Ellison, patted him on the head and said, we're all unified. Uh, would you uh, serve as my deputy chairman? And uh, Ellison said yes. <clears throat> and uh, papered over the profound differences between the two factions. And the two factions are divided most notably on trade, on so-called free trade, on NAFTA. Perez supported the Trans-Pacific Partnership uh, and uh, uh, Ellison opposed it. Uh, uh, the Clintons and the Obamas, of course, uh, were involved in promoting and making phone calls on behalf of Perez, especially Obama. Mm. And the uh, uh, Sanders forces were not strong enough to, to win. So you still have a, a, a big divide in the party, which prevents a coherent response. The second big fissure in the party is over health care. Uh, the leadership, which is now uh, Charles Schumer, the senator from New York, 
mm. or the senator from Wall Street, as they, as some people say, <laughs> uh, saying that, saying, uh, telling everybody to get in line and defend Obamacare to the death. Now, Obamacare, people have to remember, is Romney care. It's exactly what uh, Mitt Romney did when he was governor of Massachusetts, the most liberal state in the country, but uh, Romney being a rock-ribbed uh, Wall Street Republican thought this was a good thing. This is a, a, a plan hatched by the Heritage Foundation. Yes, uh, it's all about which is a right-wing Republican think tank. Am I not? Am I not right in saying some people say Ryan Care is Obamacare, which therefore is also Romney Care? So it's right, Ryan Care and Ryan Care and this is Ryan Care. Sorry, I should explain for English listeners is the is the replacement package for Obamacare that the Trump campaign is, or Trump administration has put forward. Right. And curiously, the really coherent opposition to Ryan, uh, Ryan Care, uh, Obama Care Light—that's what it is—or uh, mm. Omni Care Light—is coming from the Freedom Caucus, the far right uh, uh, group of about thirty Republican congressmen who see it as a sellout of conservative principles and a simply a kind of a a warmed over Obamacare. And they're not entirely wrong. Uh, uh, they want to see a clean break with it. And if it doesn't pass tonight, which is when uh, the vote's supposed to take place, not guarantee that it will take place, it will be because far right Republicans blocked it, not because liberal Democrats uh, formed a coherent opposition to it or a convincing opposition that scared enough Republicans into, into not supporting it. So it's it's a crazy situation, and but in terms of if you're if you're somebody who wants to see a coherent opposition to Trump, uh, it's very depressing because uh, the Democrats are not in agreement. Uh, I, a, a source of mine tells me that uh, Sanders, because he keeps trying to distinguish himself from the people who would defend Romney Care, Romney Obamacare. He wants universal health care. He wants a British or a French or a Canadian-style health care system. Uh, but he can't get any headway because the Democratic leadership is telling him to shut up. And so far, he has refused. He has he has declined to introduce universal health care coverage, which for him would be a, a tactical move. He doesn't ex expect to get it passed. Yes. But he'd, like to, he'd like to stake out the territory to distinguish himself, to differentiate himself from the from the Tom Perez Obama faction, yes, and all all this does, in my estimation, is to strengthen the Freedom Caucus, and to some extent, uh, not really confront Trump because they're not really confronting Trump on the substance. But I mean, Sanders is wheeled out or wheels himself out to sort of speak out against Trump on a regular basis, right? And and I mean, I suppose the Sanders strategy would be to sort of hang in vaguely within the Democrat coalition as much as he can right. and then win the nomination. Is that, is that, that presumably? But he's even older than Clinton and, yeah. Biden and all the other people who, who say they might run for, actually, he's not older than Biden. Yeah. Uh, Biden's name is put forth. It's all the old war horses are put forth. Yes. Uh, and in fact, uh, uh, Sanders has accepted a minor leadership post, which is one of the reasons Schumer has a, has some leverage on him. He's trying to play ball with the Democratic Party so yes. far. And and without without wanting to sound unkind, I mean, there were moments during the campaign where Bernie did seem very old. I mean, he he was occasionally yeah. a bit 
sort of not with it in debates. Yes. That's only going to get worse. Yeah, and he's repeating himself, and he's he's not so swift on the on the uptake, and so mm. uh, that leaves you with Elizabeth Warren, uh, who's not as popular as Sanders and not as effective, mm. and uh, not much else. You have uh, you have the old guard of the Democratic Party still pretty much in charge of the party, and uh, in the first big test, uh, they forced Perez uh, by a narrow margin. Uh, uh, onto the uh, dissident left-wingers who would like to see a more aggressive uh, response, a more left-wing response, shall we say, to Trump. Now, it's going to get touchy because uh, the real interest of people like Paul Ryan is not to help Donald Trump be a good president (laughs) because they don't like Trump. Trump's messed everything up for the Republican Party. And he's right now threatening um, members of, of his caucus, so-called, mm. uh, with reprisals. He says, I'm going to run primary candidates against you if you don't vote for our version of Obamacare, our yeah. care. Uh, and, and so Ryan's not happy about this, but he'd like to get as much regressive legislation passed as possible, anti-progressive legislation mm. passed as, as, as quickly as possible. And principle among uh, those projects is tax cuts for the rich. Um, they want to leave capital gains alone, uh, leave the famous carried interest uh, uh, law the same so that you can, if you're a hedge funder, you don't have to pay normal 39% income tax on your uh, hedge fund profits. Yes, this is the loophole that Trump promised he would close. He would close. They're not doing yeah. it. And Ryan, of course, will fight like hell to keep him from, from closing it if he ever starts talking about it again. Yeah. He also wants to cut the top personal rate from 39% to something much lower. Uh, and and he's, he's, he's determined to deregulate Wall Street even more than the Clintons deregulated it. So uh, uh, Trump is going to have to deal with Ryan on all these questions. And uh, uh, if, if Ryan has his way, uh, we'll have a very right-wing liberal economic agenda Mm. A past, and I don't see the Democrats uh, providing a coherent response. You see, again, the, the, Clint, the Clintons and the Obamas supported deregulation uh, for so long; they're having a hard time uh, uh, pivoting left and suddenly saying, "Wait a minute, we're the party of Franklin Roosevelt. We're supposed to to regulate the malefactors of of great wealth, the plutocrats." Yes, uh, it's 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 not language that comes to them uh, easily or fluidly, and it seems because they're unable to formulate a coherent response on on these quite important domestic matters, they just seem to be talking about Russia, and and I mean a lot of people think right. the Democrats are, are actually losing their mind over Russia, and they are. It's it's the riskiest and dumbest strategy I can imagine. It, the hope is is that somehow uh, the uh, Federal Bureau of Investigation. Uh, we'll find a smoking gun that proves that Putin uh, put a gun to Trump's head or or handed him a bag of cash uh, and said, here, uh, go use this to tap the DNC phones and and, yeah. and overthrow the Clintons and, and we'll take care of you <laughs> once you're president. None yeah. of this is very likely to happen. Uh, yeah. What you're likely to find out is the Russians preferred the idea of a Trump presidency to a Clinton presidency, 
and they let it be known that they preferred it. Uh, uh, when you say subverting an election, I have to think of Henry Kissinger and Nixon literally subverting the Paris, the, the, the Paris peace talks in 1968 to yeah. prevent a, a peace deal before the election that would have gotten Hubert Humphrey, Hubert Humphrey elected. Uh, yeah. That's subversion. This compared to, to what Nixon did is, is really small beer and not, no big deal. But the Democrats have, have hung their entire strategy of opposition on the hope that this is going to blow up into a, a huge scandal and, that, and, an, uh, and, and an impeachment and an impeachment. And it's, yeah. it's a thin. So what happens when it turns out that there's really nothing criminal took place or that Julian Assange is t- telling the truth and that his source uh, for the DNC hacks was not the Russians? Let's say that all turns out to be true. What are the Democrats left with? A defense of Romney care and yes. a defense of uh, of uh, good manners, because certainly on manners. Yes, they do. They do have an advantage over Donald Trump. <laughs> a slight edge. They are, the, they are the party of manners compared with with, with Trump. Yes. <laughs> Going back to Hillary Clinton, I mean, why does the Republican? I mean, there was always a sort of feeling that there was an Obama faction and a Clinton faction that they would cooperate, but they didn't fundamentally get on. How does Clinton still have this hold over the the Democrat Party? I realize it's a complicated it's, it's question. It's not complicated. The Clintons do the dirty work of fundraising that Obama didn't want to do. Obama right. was always an un- awkward, reluctant fundraiser. He was yeah. pretty good when he put his mind to it. And he, he raised money from Goldman Sachs and all the other banks and Wall Street people that the Clintons raised money from. But he wasn't passionate about it the way the Clintons are. The Clintons like to do it. And yeah. They're very efficient about spreading the money around uh, to to friends and neighbors within the party so that uh, they think long term. You know, if we raise money from X and we give it to uh, such and such a state representative in New Hampshire, uh, they will or will we share the money with such and such a state representative in New Hampshire. That state representative will support us in the New Hampshire primary in three Mm. years. Obama wasn't so uh, interested in that, uh, uh, much more in the clouds, much more, in a way, more uh, narcissistic uh, yeah. and and um, uh, not just not willing to do the dirty work. So people know that when they need cash uh, for their campaigns, the people to go to are the Clintons. Uh, so yeah. Obama understands that and um, uh, uh, accepts it. And so they control they control the spigot. They control yeah. the spigot and they still control the spigot and they'll do the dirty work, the hard labor to raise the money. Uh, meanwhile, the white working class, the famous white working class that hates that ended up hating the Clintons. They voted for a lot of them voted for Obama in 2012 and voted for Trump in 2016 in just significant numbers, en- enough numbers to 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 win Michigan. Uh, Wisconsin and uh, Pennsylvania, those mm. people are still being ignored. The, the Democratic yeah. Party is not taking a, a position on NAFTA. They're just making fun of Trump for saying he wants to build a wall. Uh, but until they uh, address NAFTA and the relationship with China and imports and jobs that are still uh, leaving the country, um, uh, nothing's going to get it's not a, they're not going to have a coherent response. I, the new mantra I'm hearing is from liberal Democrats is you can't blame NAFTA and 
uh, PNTR, Permanent Normal Trade Relations with China, uh, it's automation. It's all the fault of automation. It was inevitable. Yes. They talk like yes. they talk like Marxists. It, uh, uh, as a reporter, I can tell you that's that's false, at least anecdotally. The labor is so cheap in Mexico that in some instances, production that gets uh, shifted from the United States to, to uh, uh, Mexico goes from being partly machine made, robot made, to handmade, to hand yeah. assembly in Mexico. And actually, uh, some people tell me that the hand assembly is better quality. So. Uh, uh, but this is the new oversimplification. We don't have to deal with these people. They're, they're racists, they're bigots, they're crazy. They made a terrible mistake voting for Trump. And anyway, there's nothing we can do for them because it's all automation that took yes. jobs away. I mean, this is an international problem, isn't it? Because I mean, we certainly have that with the left here of, yeah. of a sort of increasing disdain for its traditional base. Right. Who would want to talk to a union member uh, or, a, or a lumpen, uh, unemployed uh, ex-factory worker uh, mm. when you could be hanging out at the, you know, the Brookings Foundation or you could be at a fundraiser or you could be talking, you could bemoan it, you could be bemoaning Trump's bad manners with, uh, with uh, Wall Street friends who are all very sophisticated, well-educated people who you'd rather spend time with. There's still, I don't see, a movement back to the roots of the Democratic Party. I just see a general uh, horror. Uh, yes. Oh, my God, these people, look what they've done to us. And, and yes. don't they understand what they've done to us? And how they, they, they probably will suffer under Trump. Trump doesn't care about them either. And Trump uh, will probably go along with most of Paul Ryan's help the rich, screw the poor uh, uh, programs. Uh, but it's still not it's still not addressing their problems or soliciting their votes in a coherent way. Uh, one more point: foreign policy. Uh, Trump has betrayed his campaign promises, I think, already by saying he said that he was going to have a real break with orthodox uh, Democrat uh, foreign policy, which, yeah. broadly speaking, is intervene everywhere using as few American soldiers as possible and send drones if you can uh, and and clean, have somebody else clean up the mess afterwards if, if civilians are killed. And isn't it too bad if some Americans get killed along, along the way? Uh, Trump is doing exactly the same uh, foreign policy, except uh, I think using more special forces. It's more clear special, that he yeah. wants to use more special forces. And he's Which involves killing more Americans. I mean, right. more Americans. Yeah, more Americans will get killed. More civilians will get killed in the crossfire. And nothing diplomatic, nothing new in diplomacy is going to be utilized uh, to bring peace anywhere. So it's it's is very much out of the Obama Clinton playbook. He even uh, trotted out, tried to trot out the family of the Navy SEAL who was killed in this botched uh, operation in Yemen. I saw that. That was pretty. Um, it was pretty. It was, it, pretty disgusting. But it's exactly what Obama or Clinton would have done, and yeah. and of course uh, the the Navy SEAL's father refused to play along. He wouldn't. He wouldn't come. Good for him. Yeah. Yes. Because he knew it was a botched operation, and they sent the guy in on a kind of a suicide mission. Yes. Well, Rick, it, I, I think in summary, then it's fair to say you're not terribly optimistic about the future of the Democratic Party. No, I'm. I'm. I'm more optimistic. <laughs> 
I mean, I'm being ironic about the future of the Freedom Caucus. They're the they're the pure, <laughs> the pure the purists in the Republican Party are more interesting than any other political faction right now because they're saying the hell with you, the hell with Ryan. Uh, uh, we're we're with the real Trump people. In other words, we're the we're the Puritans. We're the ones who want to really purify the system. Uh, yes, uh, and Trump is betraying us already. <laughs> along with his stooge, Ryan. And, yes. And that's, I find that very amusing. Very, very, very interesting. Do you think that could mean there could be a Tea Party-type switch in four years' time to a, to a kind of Bernie Sanders-type figure? Yes. This is leading, if it continues like this, with Trump threatening the Freedom Caucus with reprisals, openly mm. threatening them. In, in real politics, you do that in private. You don't do it publicly, but he does it publicly. They may run a primary candidate against Trump. And the real danger to Trump will come from the far right, not from the not from the Democrats. The Democrats yeah. are more likely to put up some old war horse if it's not Clinton, uh, uh, somebody acceptable to the Clintons and to the Obamas, uh, non-threatening and bland. Uh, where yes. the Freedom Caucus is likely to come up with somebody very, very uh, interesting and maybe scary or, or dynamic. Yes, charismatic and possibly scary. Charismatic yeah. and possibly scary. <laughs> uh, R- Rick, <laughs> it's always fascinating to talk to you. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. Thanks very much for listening, everybody. And you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes anytime. time. <laughs>